Hey, everybody. I'm excited to share the following conversation with Tian Doyle, president of Bells, Inc. Tian oversees store operations, merchandising, planning and allocation, marketing, e-commerce, supply chain, and logistics. Tian has deep roots in the Tampa, Florida area and has been with Bells for over 30 years. We discuss business updates from across Bells, Inc., our company values, and we learn a little bit more about Tian as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tian Doyle, president of Bells, Inc. First podcast with Tian Doyle, so I'm excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know we're going to share a lot of great information with the with the uh, the audience out there. We're probably going to have a lot of uh, you know vendors listening. We'll have employees listening. Hopefully, we'll have a lot of guests listening. So I'm excited to cover some fun topics with you today. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Tian Doyle. I'm currently the president of Bell's Inc. Um, I have worked at Bell's for a little over 30 years. And um, in that time, I um, most recently was the chief merchandising officer for Bell's Inc., but I had held various other leadership roles. And before that, I actually um, worked for Macy's for a period of time. Um, A fun fact, I'm a native Floridian. Um, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. I still have a big, wonderful family that is rooted deep in Tampa. So um, I, I've known Bells for a long time. Um, I must tell you that when I interviewed with Bells and I interviewed with your dad, I actually sang the jingle to him in my interview <laughs> and I still got the job. That's why you got it. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yes, I've, um, I've enjoyed being a part of Bell's story for a very long time. Cool. Cool. Yeah. 30 years is amazing. Um, yeah. How many, is it 31? Is it 32? 31. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm coming up on 20 this year. And I know that when I got here, I looked up to you as, as being very, um, you know, someone that actually knew what they were doing. Very, very, very established and very, you know, well-spoken and one of the better merchants that we've ever had within the company. So, um, yeah, you had an incredible career in merchandising and, uh, you, uh, well, before we get to that, maybe, uh, your roots in Tampa. So your, um, your family's there, your, your, your maiden name was Turner, right? That's correct. I'm from the big Turner family. Right. Um, but the, my roots in Tampa actually go back to my great grandparents who immigrated from Spain. Okay. Um, they lived in Ybor city. I grew up in West Tampa. So part of that Latin culture, mm-hmm. um, which is still alive and well and, and beautiful. Um, my, my father was from Polk County, Auburndale. Okay. We have a lot of guests and stores in, in that part of um, the state of Florida. And he met my mom at the University of Tampa. All right. Um, eight children later, here I am, <laughs> one of eight eight children. And um, we're part of the, the Turner tribe and that live in North Tampa. That's awesome. Yeah. And your dad was a coach, right? Yeah. My dad was um, a pretty remarkable yeah, Tampa guy. He, um, he coached uh, high school football in Hillsborough County, but... He also coached at the University of Tampa for a short period of time, back when Freddie Solomon um, and John Matusak were playing there. And um, But he really found a lot of reward out of being formidable in the lives of young men. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he taught them a lot more than just football. So yeah. he's always been a, an inspiration to me in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know I had Derek Brooks in a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, he was blown away by the fact that that was your dad. I mean, just a, just a legend um, in, the, in that community for sure. So, um, well, very good. Well, tell us a little bit about your career with Bells, maybe, you know, a 31-year career. I know, you know, primarily merchandising, but you, you obviously in that time, you've, you've worked with every area of the company and and now you oversee almost every area mm-hmm. of the company so um but tell me a little bit about your your journey in merchandising sure yeah so i i started as a buyer um in bells uh formerly bells outlet uh we had 35 stores and paul galizia was the new president um and uh bob your dad wanted him to get this off price thing you know up and running mm-hmm. and um and so I was lured here from Macy's and uh, worked as a buyer. And so, and then one day there was a, you know, Paul called me to the office and said, you know, Bell's, formerly department stores, wants you to be a buyer for them. And mm-hmm. Matt, I remember I interviewed with Conrad Smansky. I interviewed with your dad and I told your dad, Bob, I, I don't, you know, I, I really want to be part of the uh, Bell's outlet growth and I don't want to close any doors. And he was so wise. He said, this will only open doors for you in the future. Hmm. And nice. he, was, he was right. Yeah. Cause I learned a lot about uh, Bell's Florida. Um, and um, in short time became a divisional merchandise manager 
and then a general merchandise manager. And along the way, had responsibility for, I, I helped start product development for Bell's Outlet mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and imports. Wrote the first import order, direct mm-hmm. import order. Um, and, and for people that don't know, a, a, a divisional merchandising manager. So, so we have buyers who are mm-hmm. responsible for specific buying categories, you know, like uh, ladies' tops, for example, in, in a specific category like uh, um, resort. And then above that, we would have a divisional merchandising manager that would have a group of buyers reporting to them. Mm-hmm. And then typically in most larger organizations, we have a, a general merchandising manager who has maybe a handful of divisional merchandising manager reporting to them. Correct. And they report up to the chief merchant. And um, yeah, yes. so that's, that's typically how it works with us. Sometimes you have buyers reporting to GMMs, you know, and we skip mm-hmm. the, you know, so mm-hmm. it's your small company, we're nimble. But 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 yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the hierarchy. And, and you rose from, from buyer to DMM to GMM um, to chief merchandising officer to chief merchandising yeah. officer yeah and you know when I when I reflect on my career and that progression it was less about the title um, it was uh, really more about the way Bell's em- empowered me to learn everything yeah and so you know this is a company where uh, we're not siloed it's not stick stick to your lane and so I learned quite a bit about distribution centers I was on a task force that. Um, had input on the design of what is now our 817 distribution center. That was just land when I first started mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Um, I did quite a bit with accounts payable and systems where that's concerned. I had something to do with uh, the introduction of our private label credit card at one point in time. So the exposure was just tremendous. I think that's the kind of thing that for me at Bell's, um, you know, when when people say, what was your title? I'm, I'm a retailer. You know, yeah. I just, we, we really opened the door for our uh, associates and our leaders and our managers to know the whole business. And, you know, we don't, we, we open, we're open to everybody's point of view and perspective. And so the fact that Bell's allowed me along the way with all those different in all those different positions to get greater exposure mm-hmm. to all functions of the company yeah. uh, has just been invaluable. I don't think I would have had that experience anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool to, you definitely get to understand the inner workings of the organization here being a small business and being, not having all those levels of hierarchy and management and, you know, having to go through 10 layers to get a decision done. You can for sure be an entrepreneur here and and get a lot of things done quickly and learn the entire business. So yeah, it is one of those benefits of being a small company. And, you know, people always ask, how do we compete with a larger company? I think that's one of the ways, you know, if we have good people operating the company and in the company, it's easy to compete because we can get things done a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So tell me, so uh, from chief merchant, you went to president, but, mm-hmm. but, um, and that was um, uh, just this past year, actually, you're coming up on a, on a year, I guess, I'm, right? I'm almost at my year's anniversary. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, yeah. What's it been like? What's the transition been like from merchant to president and, and, and what areas have you, um, obviously I know, but what are for the audience, what areas have you taken over? Sure. So, um, well, so what has the transition been like first and foremost? Um, just amazing support from you, our board of directors and the family shareholders. Immediately, um, I, I felt um, appreciated and I felt supported. Good. And then there was quite an outpouring from fellow executives and associates all around the company who were encouraging and and. Um, communicating confidence in the impact that I could have on the company and our people. I, I really got a sense of commitment that everyone wants to be on this journey mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was quite energizing. Um, now, my transition came at a very interesting time um, for retail and for the consumer. Came at a time when retail was cooling after the pandemic high mm-hmm. that many right. retailers were writing. Right. Um, and a time when inflation was growing and um, we were starting to see that the consumer was having some pressure on spending. And so um, I will say that the transition uh, brought some challenges with it. We were undergoing quite a bit of internal change around systems and modernizing technology, all good for the future. Um, but I, I stepped in at a time where leading through change, keeping the team focused was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The executives that I work with were pretty incredible around saying, okay, here's the reality of where we are and what we're seeing in in the business and in the economy. Let's stay very focused on the future and get and and strengthen our use this opportunity to strengthen our foundation. Mm 
Um, and so it's been a year of, I would say, building stronger foundation. We've, you know, we have a long history yeah. and we're rock solid, but, you know, we're always thinking about what happens next. Um, so I started initially, as you asked, I started initially with, um, of course, merchandising, planning and store, store operations and marketing. And then subsequently um, was able to uh, take on supply chain and logistics and transportation. Mm -hmm. And so um, got a great team. We have a great team here and it's made my transition actually um, very meaningful and I'm not going to use the word smooth because retail's challenging. It's a <laughs> sure. challenging climate, but certainly feel supported and collaborative and um, energized. Yeah. If it was smooth, yeah, it wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, uh, you mentioned a um, um, taking over at a, at a challenging time. Of course, I, I, yeah, I was promoted to uh, CEO in December of 2019. And there was this, this, uh, 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 so starting to pick up a little bit of steam in the press was this little virus out in China and, um, uh, right at the time that I was promoted. And then of course, you know, we went through that, uh, together, um, you as, as chief merchant and, um, you know, we had, um, uh, just an incredible group of people an incredible team here that, that, uh, that led the company through that and and um, you know I, I was just um, I, w I was able to come in at a time where things were completely turned upside down in, a, in an environment that nobody had ever seen before you know it was absolutely different than anybody have, uh, has ever encountered I mean to be shut down as a retailer for you know we think it's bad when we shut down for a holiday you know when it's like one day a year oh gosh we have to close on Christmas you know <laughs> but uh, for six weeks that really is a game changer and of course a lot of retailers you know weren't able to make it through that uh, stage stores I guess I, I would would say, um, you know, uh, it was just a very, very difficult climate and a very, very difficult thing to manage through. And, you know, obviously we had the benefit of having a healthy financial position, you know, a healthy balance sheet. And, and um, um, so we were able to continue to pay our bills and continue to pay our people and, and, and our vendors um, as we went through that. And as, you know, the world was shut down and as all of our employees were home, um, you know, but we burnt through an, an extreme extraordinarily large amount of cash over that short period of time and you know very fortunate that it didn't continue to go on for another you know six or 12 weeks that would have been very very difficult but um but yeah what what are your what what are what are your memories or you know your your overall high level you know kind of observations or thoughts about that that period of time and the and, and the difficulty of that and kind of getting through it with the team that we have here yeah um Matt, the memories are very vivid, yeah. like a motion picture in, yeah. in my mind. Um, I remember sitting around the boardroom table uh, with you and executives, and you were about to have a child also. I think, uh -huh. I right. think you were, right. a lot of things were going on in your yeah. life. And, <clears throat> you know, your concern was first and foremost for the associates. And that was it. That was amazing. It's not every retailer thought that first. They thought, how do we save the business first? And, um, um, the team around the table, everyone, you know, we went to quick action and I, you know, I'm very grateful to our vendor partners. You know, we have we've done business with a number of vendors for our history and mm -hmm. entire history. And we worked together and got through it together. Um, if there's any one word I could use to describe bells during that time, and probably it's, it's, it's how we operate. We were quite resilient. Yeah. Um, and so the, Everyone on the team did their did their part, and we we knew we would get through this because we could get through anything. And and um, yes, the the financial strength of our business helped quite a bit at that time. Our relationships with vendors helped quite a bit at that time, and the commitment of our associates they wanted to, our store associates wanted to come back to work. Mm -hmm. You know, wanted mm -hmm. to get those, and the store managers wanted to get their stores opened again, and so. It was, it was um, quite enlightening. You know, we gradually came back into the office. I remember being here, walking around dark buildings, thinking, gosh, if this is the future, this is um, really not who we are. And um, there was this turning point, Matt, where I think, you know, the way we looked at it, and I, your, your voice was a big part of this, is this thing is here to stay. We're going to figure out how to work through it, not run and hide from it. Right. Right. And so we were probably one of the first um, corporate organizations or buying offices in our retail space that were back in the office mm -hmm. uh, responsibly mm -hmm. and with consideration. 
Um, and you know, we just really came back and, and we came back stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot of companies did struggle with that with, okay, everybody can work from home and, and then, you know, that, that lingered. And so the, you know, they had the challenge of getting everybody back after, Mm -hmm. you know, after an extended period of time. And that definitely hurt a lot of people over the the years. So that after, after COVID happened, but yeah, I thought, um, I agree with you. I think from a, um, um, just a human resources perspective, you know, Dan Doyle and, and just such a professional, you know, doing a tremendous job of guiding us through all of those questions and making sure that we were safe. And, um, you know, most people did want to come back to the office. And so, and some people didn't and they didn't, right, right. <laughs> you know, so, um, it all worked out great though. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, we kind of went on this journey after, um, well, um, through COVID and then, you know, up to the present day of, uh, values and, and kind of, you know, changing and updating our values. Um, could, could you comment on that? Oh, sure. Um, well, first I will say that, um, every company has values, every organization has values. And I, I think we took the, that word and interpreted it in a different way. Um, um, we want our values to speak to um, our authentic selves. Um, we want our values to inspire us to be the best version of myself that I can be. I'm not perfect. Yeah. Uh, we're not perfect. You don't master uh, the things that we call our values, uh, but you focus on them. They make you more aware, more mindful. They make you a better leader, a better parent or spouse and, and frankly, a better human. So, you know, I, I, it, it was, it has been a journey and the journey continues, but I think we, um, you know, our values of authenticity and openness, um, and compassion kind of set us apart from other companies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been really, you know, as I've kind of attempted to live these things to really understand them and, you know, bring them into my life and, and try to, you know, um, just just observe them in myself, whether or not I'm practicing them or I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, which is always some form of negativity. Um, it's been amazing because it's been life changing over the past three years. And I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I understand these well enough now. And, and I'm, you know, I feel good about these and, and what they mean and how they can personally change you in a significantly positive way that, okay, it's time to, you know, go ahead and, and, and release these to all stores and, you know, really, really kind of get behind them from a a company standpoint, of course, you know, we don't, we don't judge anyone on the values, you know, it's all an inward look, you know, um, now if we have a, you know, a, a direct report, you know, that, that we're working with, you know, of course, then, you know, then, then, then it's kind of hard to, to, um, if they're ingrained in you, it's kind of difficult to, to avoid them completely at times, you know, if, if you, if we're giving feedback for, for growth, but, but, but in terms of, you know, reviews and, and just overall, um, as it relates to the broader company, it's, um, um, it's, it's not something that we, that we're grading people on, that we're judging people on, you know, it's just, it's all an inward look for self-development and self-awareness. And I think that's kind of the beauty of them is that, you know, you can, you can ignore them completely and, you know, miss the opportunity to experience personal growth, or you can go all in and, and, you know, attempt to practice them, um, as much as you like. And, and really the sky's the limit in terms of, you know, um, um, yeah, becoming the best version of yourself, as Mm -hmm. you said. So yeah, they're fun. They're, they're a lot of fun and, um, it's been, it's been great to, to kind of, you know, release those after several years of, of deep, of very deep discussions with the, the senior team and, um, you know, attempting to, to practice. I know that we've all attempted to practice them and to really understand them as, as well as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. I, I will say that um, they're a personal thing and, um, and you can grow from it, but it's everyone's on their own journey. Um, I remember the day that I said to you, Matt, if if I would have been this aware, uh, raising my kids, I probably would have been a better parent. (laughs) So, you know, so it's not just, um, I really appreciate that this isn't just about what's for the best of the company. Our values are really about what is the best for our associates. And we want them to feel really good as people and individuals and, yeah, and, um, that continual growth yeah. Um, and so everybody can embrace the values and work on them in their own way. Right. It's a personal thing. Right. For sure. Yeah. It's not about an image. It's not about 
certainly not about numbers or, you know, driving sales or, you know, it's about, it's really about personal growth. And I don't know if you remember when I took over as, as, as CEO, that was a big part of what I talked about in 2019, you know, in front of the company was, was personal growth, emotional intelligence, you know, um, EQ as opposed to IQ. We're kind of all stuck with our IQ, but EQ is something that we can always, you know, constantly work Mm -hmm. on. And and, um, by doing that, of course, we create an incredible, I mean, what we do is we empower people and people empower themselves and they learn and they grow and and, um, ultimately they become, you know, um, uh, people that, that, um, that have healthier relationships and better communication. And of course, that's going to help you outside of work. It's going to help you inside of, of work. Um, and ultimately the byproduct of that is an incredible culture, mm-hmm. you know, and so we've always had an incredible culture. I, you know, it's always been different than most other places, but, but with these values, it seems over the last few years, it's really seemed that our culture has hit new levels and it's, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So. I remember, um, your statement to the, uh, leadership team when you, uh, on the eve before your inauguration, so to speak, and you know, I always knew as a um, like really scrappy merchant, very innovative around product. And so, you know, I sat waiting to hear, you know, what business you were going to drive and how are you going to hit the result? And you said, I want to be a CEO who's about the people. And I just remember that. Hmm. Cool. And you've, you've really stood behind that. And even so far as to say, um, regardless of what happens to the business, we're going to do what's right for people. And you've put people before the business. And I think you're right. You know, we're, we're not in this for the short term, we're in it for the long term. And companies with the greatest cultures have the most sustainable growth. And so um, it's, it's been pretty powerful uh, watching this, uh, you know, having been here for so many years to see this change and change so quickly. It's been fast. Yeah, so it's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Awesome. I appreciate the uh, kind words. Um, yeah, let's fast forward a little bit. You know, we had, um, and then we'll get to the present moment, I'm sure, in a, in a minute. But but this past year, we had um, um, uh, a major rebrand, mm-hmm. I guess, what we would call a rebrand, you know, but um, that's maybe not the greatest word for it. But 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 um, can you talk a little bit about that experience and, you know, kind of going through that and what that was like? It, it was obviously a big change. You know, I guess from my standpoint, there's always been confusion about um, about what what used to be Bell's department stores and Bell's outlet. You know, and it was like, well, are the, the, uh, almost everyone assumed more than half uh, uh, people uh, would have assumed in the past that the outlet was getting product from the department stores, you know, that what didn't work in, in Bell's department stores was going to Bell's outlet. And uh, of course that's never been the case. Maybe, you know, in the very, very early stages of the business for, uh, uh, you know, in a year in 1987, we, we transferred some goods over, but, you know, since then it's been its own entities with its own separate buying offices. And um, so it's been interesting. You know, there's always been some confusion. Um, you know, uh, people um, uh, people say we're Beals, you know, so, so, so it's hard to completely get away from all of that confusion. But, but, you know, from, from my standpoint, the rebrand was really about creating some clarity for the long term. and outlet was really a misnomer. You know, it wasn't who we, we were, who we are. We don't sell inferior goods. We don't sell seconds. We don't sell clearance from a different retailer. And, and so, you know, obviously, um, you and I and the rest of the team have been working really hard um, uh, on elevating that experience and that 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 chain of Bell's, formerly Bell's Outlet and Burke's Outlet over the last several years. Um, and then, you know, on the Bell's Florida side, obviously, uh, with that change to Bell's Florida, aligns with the website of bellsflorida.com, which we've had since the 90s. Um, it further differentiates us from a department store. It's hard to say Bell's Florida department store. You know, we're really not a department store anymore. So, um, 
you know, and of course you don't want to have two chains named Bells. That would be, uh, you know, two chains selling different product with, mm -hmm. um, you know, different strategies. And, um, but, um, you know, so that was kind of, I guess, from a high level overview, the, um, the change in, in, um, that we did over this past year. So we, we eliminated Burks from the outlet side and we eliminated outlet from the outlet side and all the Burke stores were converted to bells. And, and so now we're, you know, we have, we have one name, we are bells on our, on our biggest banner, which is now 23 States and, uh, 600 stores. And, um, you know, to have that brand presence, that, that market presence with one name across the country of, um, has been really, I think, powerful and will continue to be powerful over the years, you know, um, as it relates to just, just how, uh, how we're known, um, and our ability to get great brands candidly, you know, I think it's going to contribute to our ability to get some really, really fantastic brands that maybe we're not super interested in selling an outlet, but, you know, as we elevate, um, in store with our assortment over time, I think that, that there will be some, some additional uh, great brands that will be willing to sell us. I know we picked up Under Armour this year, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it was a great, a great deal. But, um, you know, so I guess those are, I asked you for your thoughts on the rebrand, but I, I, I jumped in a bit. I'm, I'm but, feeling your passion. Yeah. Okay. All right. I share your passion. Yeah. So um, I, I've spent my career at Bell's explaining what outlet meant yeah. and it meant nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, the, the phone call from you to say, you know, drop, drop the word outlet. We had, we had guest surveys. We had done some cu customer focus groups and guest surveys that the word, and the word outlet was a misnomer. The word outlet led vendors to think we were taking surplus or excess from a di different, bigger store. And it led the guests to believe that it was inferior product. We had that feedback. So, um, it, it's, um, fantastic to, and strong to be just one clear name bells. Now it happened and it happened quickly. And so we got to bring the guest right. along. People have right. to understand because, you know, we acquired the name Bells um, so that we could brand our entire chain under one name. So that changed from Burke's outlet to Bells. Um, I, I just have to share a funny story. One year uh, it was summertime and a friend was in North Carolina and she, she called and said, I am in North Carolina and there is an, an imposter who is copying you. I said, what are you talking about? She said, there's a store called Burke's Outlet and it looks just like Bell's <laughs> right, Outlet. Right, right. And so, goodness gracious, even my friends were confused. And so this, to me, creates clarity. Um, it elevates, you know, by, by dropping that word outlet. Uh, yes, you know, more brands, of course, just our growth and uh, the health of our business and our great partnerships and flexibility are is opening doors to new brands. But we're taking this opportunity to elevate everything. Yeah. Right. So we're not an outlet. And so we've really gone uh, not just on to from the store exterior perspective, but inside the store to say, what else can we do to really show that this is a, uh, a great warm shopping experience. And so we're actually doing some remodeling, um, some upgrades to store interiors. We started that just a couple of weeks ago, and that will go on through the spring and into um, the fall as well. Um, a couple hundred stores over the next couple of months, yep, right? Yeah. Yep. We're going to, yes. And we'll ultimately reach as many stores as possible. Right. But, you yeah. know, fresh paint, new graphics, a warmer fitting room, um, and, um, you know, just making the shopping environment fun. We did a, a customer survey recently, and um, it's interesting because one of the words that they associate with Bells is fun. Like, it's fun to shop at Bells. Mm -hmm. And so we're really dialing up that fun experience. You know, our, our fitting rooms have, you know, cute little sayings on them, and you know, it shows the whole family, including the alien. Every, right. Everyone's right. welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's no... It might come as no surprise to your podcast followers that you're a big alien guy. Big, yeah, yeah. Big, you have an alien who sits on this couch when I'm not here. Yeah, right it's now. true. We got to break in the couch. You yeah. know, it's a new cushion. So, yeah. <laughs> so the the new brand or uh, the brand elevation for Bells is mm. very very exciting. It is it brings so much opportunity. And it opens a lot of doors, mm -hmm. not just doors to um, new vendors that, you know, we're, we're, our doors always open for new vendors. We do business with about 3,000 different vendors mm -hmm. um, uh, over across the year. Uh, but for new guests, you yeah. know, folks who maybe hadn't checked us out before because the store said outlet. Right. Um, and so, you know, 
we're, we're counting on curiosity and um, word of mouth and getting the word out there that, you know, Bell's is a fun and exciting place to shop for great brands and tremendous values. Yep. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward a bit. Maybe we get a little bit more towards, you know, today and what's happening. What, what are some of the big, uh, you know, um, strategic business, um, uh, um, objectives and, and, um, things that are happening right now? You know, I, I, what I want to do is, is have you on the, the podcast, you know, once every several months, you know, f- uh, four mm-hmm. or five, six months or so, and we can hopefully update people as to what's going on, you know, and, and, um, how things are progressing and what it is that we're working Working on again, great opportunity to connect with associates and guests and and um, and, vin- and the vendor community. But um, but yeah, let's dig in a little bit uh, to what's happening right now within the business. What are your sure. your top couple of priorities and things that sure. are happening? Uh, well, so I I can go to business, but it always starts with guest. So yeah. I'd like to start with guest um, in in the my ten month rearview mirror um, that became priority one, our guest. Mm-hmm. Priority one B our associates. I mean, they're 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 equal in that care for people and concern for people. And so, we've really been looking at what we do to make Bell's the choice for customers. Um, first thing, one thing we did was we um, we changed our loyalty program, and that was huge. Yeah, uh, that was big. Uh huh. So, we had a loyalty program that was what we wanted, and the. Today, a loyalty program needs to be what the guest wants. Right. And so, you know, we had one day a week that you saved if you shopped. And goodness, if you couldn't get there that day, you didn't get the same savings as right. your friend who could shop that day. So um, rather than uh, allow one day for saving, we just started giving more points faster, more rewards the more you came in. Um, and with more rewards comes a more gen- came a more generous give. So mm-hmm. we actually upped our give yep. to the guest. Um, and it's an investment. It is. Yeah. But yeah. it's an investment we're making for the long run. So and hopefully it pays off with more visits for more, you know, more frequent visits. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. look, I, you know, I, I shop at Bell. I'm a, I'm a mom and I'm a customer and yeah. I'm in our stores all the time. I buy, my family will tell you, I give them a basket for their birthday with a bunch of stuff in it. Where'd you get that? Bell's or Bell's yeah. Florida. So, yeah. you know, it can, it can be a, it can be a great experience. We want to make it what the guest wants it to be. Right. So we change our loyalty program. Um, you know, we also do with the, the other thing I, I've badgered the team to death with what is the guest saying? What is the guest? And what's the voice of the guest? We want this, we want this closed loop feedback to know what she thinks about her shopping experience our our product, um, our loyalty program. And so, you know, we take a survey at, at checkout where a pin pad survey, just real quick, press a button and we, we're taking those results and doing something with them. We recently changed our question. Something as simple as were you greeted? Did somebody speak to you when you walked in the store today? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's eye opening Yeah, because we're not just talking about a cashier saying, welcome to Moe's. We're talking about, sorry, Moe's. We're talking about <laughs> every guest walks in and they're engaged and you engage them, yeah. you know, regardless of what you're doing, we're putting guest before task. Mm-hmm. That's a big move. I'm very excited. I think that in the long run makes us different. That's, mm-hmm. that's a differentiator for us. Um, so the loyalty program, our guesting, what we're doing with guest surveys and what we're doing just to amp up the connection with the guest in the stores and allow the associates to just be authentic. We changed our talk track. The talk track was a script that was given to cashiers of what to say when a guest checked out. Right. And it was uncomfortable for a lot of our cashiers because it said, would you like a credit card? Right. That's question number one. And so, you know, we've changed that engagement at the, at checkout to, hi, Matt, how are you today? How's Mm -hmm. it going? Oh, I really like, I really like this, you know, these new kicks you're buying today. So it's just a more authentic engagement with the guest. And so that's, I'm most excited about that. You know, that's, it's nice to give the, it's nice to give the cashier the flexibility to be able to just have a normal conversation with people as opposed to, you know, the guest has already made their decision about what they want to purchase and, you know, what they want to, what they want to buy. And, and we had had these, the, the cashiers attempting to sell, sell, sell until the guest leaves the door, but, but let's leave them with an, with a, with a, an authentic, genuine, um, you know, uh, uh, experience that they can go home and feel good about where they shopped and the people that they interacted with. And so that's, you know, hopefully, um, 
Yeah, I think that I, I know that from an associate standpoint, that has been so welcomed in yes. our in our stores. They're just, you know, to not have to, you know, ask for a credit card, ask for, you know, all the, the different things. Um, um, it's been, a, I know, a, a big relief for the, the associates just to be able to have, you know, normal, authentic, genuine interactions with people. And so hopefully the guest is feeling that too. Yeah. Yeah. We think yeah. it's going to play out in the long run for sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, so very excited about what we're doing around the guest. Um, tied to that, of course, is marketing. And um, we are in a, trans a digital transformation. And um, we're behind where we'd like to be, frankly, but we're learning our way. So we made, again, some very bold moves. Um, we tested out of any type of print media and uh, kind of put our put our investments into how we engage the guest really every way she wants mm -hmm. whether it's social or email or on our websites or in store we just we want to engage the guest so um we we do have work underway more work to go but we've made some investments in um new talent on the team um new business partners third-party business partners who can help us navigate this digital space um, and yes there is a bit of ai that comes with it at some point if, um, that's on the horizon. But, you know, we think that in order to allow the guest to engage with us, she wants to do it on her time, on her like 24-7. Right. And so we want to be there for her. And digital marketing is kind of our avenue for that. So, right. again, we're, we, are, we have work to do yeah. there. But that's been a, a real big emphasis and focus for us and um, where I'm putting a lot of my time and attention. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and to, for the guests to be able to shop on their own time, you know, is obviously a strategy that, that, um, that stores like Bell's and, um, you know, TJ Maxx, uh, the Ross, you know, that they, they don't have the promotions, of course, you know, that the, the high lows, the sales, they, they, they really allow the guests to be able to, to shop on their own time. Can you talk a bit about that transition in Bells, Florida? Because obviously Bells, Florida Roots is department store and department store is promotional. It's high low. It's, you know, you, you drop price to drive traffic in and, and you, and then, you know, the sales over and then it goes back to regular price. But, but, I, you know, it's obviously a challenge to move away from, um, from that uh, methodology and that strategy, but it's clearly not. Um, something that the guest enjoys anymore. They don't want to have to be a part of a club to, and to know when every sale is, to know that they're getting a great deal. And so, you know, for us to be able to offer great products every day at, at prices that are, you know, very affordable and very fair is, yeah. is something that we've, we've put a lot of work into over the last several years. I wonder if you could just comment on that. Absolutely. Um, well, so under the cover of COVID, um, we completely transformed Bells Florida's business model from a department store with high ticket prices and store-wide 50 off, coupon stacked on top of that, um, to great everyday value. So we actually, um, and our, our vendor partners have been fantastic on this. They, they understand that value is really important to the guest. And to your point, getting that value every time she shops, not having to come in when it's on a sale or deep discount. And so... Matt, we touched about, um, to this day, 80% of our inventory in the stores, and we have taken our prices down significantly to be a great everyday price in Bells, Florida. Um, we probably didn't put a big megaphone on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we just, we did what was right uh, to, to, for the guests. We've, we've got work to do now on how to communicate that to the guest and how to, to tell that story in store. But, um, you know, this, this big transformation for Bells, Florida, um, it was bold. And it came with some good and some learnings. Yeah. Let's call it love it or learn from it. Sure. Um, so really the positioning on being at great value, we did that for the guest and um, that is working. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we also kind of went away from what made Bells Florida unique. So uh, we walked away from some of the big national brands that we were partners mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. um, and we went to more what I'm going to call lower price point mm -hmm. labels. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, initially, remember, it was pandemic. Right. We were rocking the world. Right. We right. were profitable. Yeah. We were, um, we had a lot of guests that were one and dones. Mm -hmm. They had some COVID money, some pandemic money. They came in, they shopped. So 
you know, we might have had some false positives during that time. Um, and on the other side of that, what we've learned, and we've learned from guest feedback and guest surveys is she really loves what makes Spells unique. And what makes Spells unique is understanding the Florida marketplace, knowing, you know, standing true to live life local, right. um, bringing in either um, locally designed right here in our own design studio uh, product of high quality, partnering with national brands. You know, there's some beloved brands that, that the Bell Shopper has always, um, always um, spent, you know, invested in. And so we are, we are once again, you know, this isn't a ditch to ditch, but we are finding that place and that positioning for Bells Florida. Um, it's been around for a long time. It's whether they call it Beals or Bells, it's kind of a household name in Florida, having grown up in Florida and sure. I still know the jingle right. that I will sing to you later. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we have some work to do on Bells, Florida. Um, you know, we also cater to a Florida coastal guest. Our stores hug the coastlines of Florida largely. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's been a little bit of transition and tra transition going on in the state of Florida that yeah, we're dealing that's with. For sure. You know, the, the, the consumer or the guest is not, uh, it's not fixed, right? It's a moving target. Right. And, and they change because the world changes and we just have to keep up with the guest and stay true to what, what she counts on us for. Yeah. Lost our way on that a little bit. We're getting it back. Yep. I'm um, yep. seeing good things happen in stores and, you know, we're staying committed yep. and a little bit patient. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. What are the other, any, any other uh, big, you know, kind of big initiatives before we, we close it out? What? Yeah. Well, so, you know, um, having been here for such a long career, the evolution of our distribution network has been remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, and so the story goes like this, if I tell it in a short story. For many years, our distribution network, our distribution centers, the buildings where we process all of our inventory could not keep up with our growth. Right. We added shifts. We added people. Um, I was just in a meeting with our, the leaders of our distribution centers and transportation yesterday saying, we had 1,300 people in this building at one time. I said, how could they move? Not very well. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, in during the pandemic, uh, um, in tw I believe 2021, we were able to acquire another distribution center in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, we stood that up and um, with a with a lot of commitment and, you know, certainly some growing pains. Uh, we now have uh, three distribution centers, a central fulfillment center and a packaway facility where we um, hold goods for um, seasonal goods for later sales. Um, and they're up and running and they're highly productive and we have room for growth. So we've this team has done a, the the team has done a great job of kind of laying the roadmap for what we need in order to support the growth of the business. Um, it's been a busy few years. We've gotten a lot done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. That was, that's huge. Um, I, I, you know, the, the uh, associates in our distribution centers and we've got about 1200 associates in our distribution centers between Florida and Texas Oh my gosh, that's a, that's an energized team. You yeah. go into those buildings, and those people are moving. Yeah, for sure. And um, with all that movement and twelve hundred people, it's a big priority to keep them safe. And so we celebrated a, a milestone on safety. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of a lot to celebrate where supply chain and distribution is concerned, and um, a lot of investment in technology and new automation to keep the product moving quickly and get it to our customers, our guests, as fast as we can. Yeah. And um, there's more to come on that. We're, sure. we're going to grow and um, our network's going to grow. So Yeah, love it. Can you remember a time in your career where we've had this much change in, uh, you know, in a two, three, four year period of time? Never. Never. Okay. Yeah, no, this is, um, yeah, you know, I, th I think... Um, I think you have, you have a good appetite for change. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I believe that, you know, we've had great leaders in your chair in the past, but probably more risk adverse. I mean, I've always known the Bell family to take calculated risks, but, um, you know, I think, I think you're, first of all, we're financially super strong. And um, so your, your desire and your appetite for risk and new ideas and innovation, which um, I should tease this one out. Um, that great looking cup that you're drinking your beverage out of yeah, today. Yeah. Um, we are going to take that product to the wholesale market. Nice. Yep. yep. And um, 
So uh, <clears throat> we've we've got a business perform a business plan laid out. We manufacture we purchase the blanks and artists right here in Bradenton, Florida that work for us design amazing artwork. And then we have a production facility here in one of our distribution centers that's wrapping the cups. And so um, we feel like uh, we started distributing these cups to our employees during town hall meetings. And, you know, the people, you couldn't choose which cup. They were all so fantastic and everybody was lining up for cups. And so we want to share this artwork and this inspiration with our with guests everywhere. So we have our first two customers, Bell's. And Bells, Florida. Uh-huh. You can buy those cups at Bells and Bells, Florida, but we are going to start marketing and we custom We can customize them and brand them. Right, right. So that, um, again, lots of change, but it's always because we're looking for what's next. Um, love the way that you, you, your appetite for diversifying our portfolio of businesses right. and even diversifying the products that we carry in our store and, yeah. you know, responding to what's happening out there and with the customer and coming up with an next big idea and making it happen yeah. and, and we can ha- make it happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, just maybe another question or two. What, what do you think is, is um, uh, um, going to be key to getting the bells chain of stores over the hump? If you want to call it a hump, you know, uh, to, to the next level. Sure. Yeah. So um, we got, we've got a fantastic little business, right? Yeah. Bells. It's our big business actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, that's, you know, it's oftentimes, um, with vendor partners and even customers, they might think that Bell's is the smaller business right. because it's a smaller store in square footage, right. but it's actually a pretty significant chain, as you said, at almost 600 stores. And our growth has been largely in more rural markets and more small towns, 600 stores, 23 states. We got the whole country, right? Yeah. So um, a lot of growth there. But one thing that we are focused on is how we go into metropolitan markets, um, some bigger cities. Um, and we believe that the path to get there ties to our whole branding and that elevation that I spoke of, mm-hmm. um, offering more brands, um, more recognizable brands that that resonate with that guest, um, and creating a shopping environment that is um, has great selection yep. and, of course, always amazing value, amazing right. value. So, you know, I think part of the growth there is going to be centered around how we elevate, elevate content. Um, we have some explosive businesses. Our beauty business is, you know, fire, fire, fire. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to keep pushing on that. Pet are people too. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're the, the beautiful thing about Bell's, Matt, and you know this because you were a Bell's buyer, um, the agility of that business, we can be very, very responsive and jump on opportunities. And right. so we're ready for that. But certainly yeah. exploring some markets, uh, some markets that we have not historically been in from a real estate location is on our agenda. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. And what about Bells, Florida? So Bells, Florida, we have remodeled some stores, um, over the past few years. Unfortunately, some of them were because they were devastated or demolished by hurricanes. Right. And so we had to rebuild them. Um, we've learned from that. Uh, we've had some really good insights from guests on feedback. Um, so certainly we want to look at the Bells, Florida chain to say, what else do we do to modernize those stores? Um, but we also have our real estate team looking for where else might Bells, Florida be in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we might rationalize some stores in Florida, but the reality is uh, we um, we do quite a bit of online business in Bells, Florida. Florida's the biggest state. Second after that, Georgia, then New York, then Ohio, and then Texas. People love Bells, Florida and live life local regardless of whether they live in Florida or not. So we're su- we're really remaining open to where else we might take that business model um, where we've aligned is it would be a smaller concept, a smaller footprint. What we've done more recently with our remodels is we've uh, rationalized the space. Um, we still are very convenient, but um, we reduced the space to a box that's around 40,000 square feet. And we can still do be very productive in that kind of space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We're, we're keeping our options open for Bells, Florida. While it's in transformation, mm-hmm. um, and we're bringing the guest along, and we're getting back to what works for us, we're we're open to where we might go next. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Love it. Um, what have we missed? Anything on your mind that you didn't get to cover? Well, so I want to go back to culture okay. and I want to share. So our culture was always good. 
but our culture has changed. It's changed in a way where uh, there's more openness and more collaboration. And the other really big change in the last year um, has been that our best ideas come from the bottom up, not the top down. And so, you know, Matt, you always say, I want the lowest the lowest ranking person or, you know, I want the, the brand new employee at the table to speak first. Right. You know, and, and I, I always tell the team, I don't have the answers. The answers come from you to me. You know, you have the answers, bring the answers up. So I think that shift in culture is um, happening. Yep. And I think, honestly, I think it was a bit of a culture shock for some of the team initially. Mm-hmm. What, what, what? <laughs> You're calling on me to, you, you want me to have an opinion? <laughs> right. So that, right, right. that was, that to me is, that makes us different also. I mean, I think that's what will define us in the long run. Um, and then the other thing is I have watched the executive team around me really transform and change. Mm-hmm. And, um, having been here for 30 years, frankly, Matt, I was only the fe- the only female at the table of 12 executives. And now we have a chief technology officer who's a woman, a chief financial officer who's a woman. It's not just about male or female. We are so diverse yep. and everybody comes at ideas with a different point of view and a different perspective and different backgrounds, you know, in retail. And so what feels very different for me about our culture is that diversity and the openness to share thoughts and, you know, agree or disagree and collaborate and come out, you know, really a super tight team of leaders. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I want to thank you for that because I know that you made that happen. Yeah. I, I remember sitting on a call with you and saying, I'll be retired by the time you get this done, Matt. And, <laughs> and here we are. Here we I'm, are, I'm yeah. loving every minute of it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We have definitely made change happen quickly as it relates to diversity. Um, yeah. And, um, and it's, of course, not just diversity of form, it's diversity of thought, you know, which we always talk about that it, it's, um, we want to hear differing opinions and, and um, different perspectives. And that's, um, that can come from all different types of diversity and diverse backgrounds. Um, but well, good. Okay. Yeah. Any final thoughts, any closing thoughts? This has been amazing to talk to you. This has been a really great interview. I know everybody will, uh, will enjoy this. You've, you're, you're a wealth of knowledge. You've been a tremendous um, you know, uh, asset for the company for the last 31 years. Obviously, your career has been, you know, incredible, um, not only throughout the merchant ranks, but but you take, you take, um, you're very passionate about your your job and your career, of course. You, you, you take it very seriously. You're always up for whatever challenge is thrown your way. You're always able to learn, you know, and to, to, to evolve and to adapt and to um, ultimately at the end of the day, at, at our position, it's about making logical, good decisions and, and being a good person for the people that, that you're that you're interacting with and you know not creating negativity toxicity but being a being a positive influence on the people around you and you've always been wonderful at all of those things and so uh, bells is definitely very fortunate to have you as a leader here so I do just want to you know mention that I appreciate all that you're yeah. that you have done and all that that you're doing and all that you will do well thank you so and in turn I want to thank you for this podcast because why um, you said it earlier for years, no one would, you know, we were kind of quiet yeah. and uh, we were proud of the fact that we were behind the scenes or under the radar. And um, I remember, I, I recall sitting in a um, market uh, on a buying trip um, last summer and a vendor asked about our story, like, what's the history of the company? And you started speaking and you just, it just flowed and everybody at the table that worked for this company listened and it was like, you finished and they're like, oh my God, that's an incredible story. And so we have this incredible story and that we haven't, we really kind of kept under the, under the covers for so many years. And number one and number two, you know, our values of openness, um, reach beyond just our associates. We want to treat our guests the same way, our customers the same way we treat one another and our vendors. And so I feel like this podcast is just a good venue to open the door to let people know who we are and appreciate the time and commitment that you're putting towards it, Matt. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Good. All right. I appreciate it, Tian. Uh, That's that's a wrap. Great job, Tian. Oh, my God. That was amazing. That's like one of my favorite ones. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. We were just chatting. Yeah. No, it was very powerful.